Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Nkefu of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Ntefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Put your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. Well, the conference is almost ended. Maybe one day the Lord will make it possible for us to make it one week. How many of you will prefer one week? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church growth. Church growth. How many of you believe it is possible? Your church will grow. No, your church, it will grow. You just watch and see. You'll be so surprised. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have, I have, um, I've started several churches. So I've pastored little churches. Yeah. Pastored little churches. And I know that God can grow his church. Yeah. When we started this church eight years ago, all right, this, that was the whole church. Yeah. Yeah. But God has blessed. Our youth church alone, on a Sunday, we have several services for the youth church. And when you put all of them together, an average of 1,000 people, the youth church. On a Sunday. So, I know what a small church is. And I know that God can grow his church. Only remember that it is God that will grow the church. That is why you must depend on him. Do you understand that? And that is why you must seek his wisdom, his knowledge, his revelation for your life to grow the church. Hallelujah. Are you getting that? Come with me to Matthew chapter 13. Verse 33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like living that a woman took 
and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Amen. The NIV says, He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. How many of you know yeast? Alright. That a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Hallelujah. Give me the NLT. The NLT. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. And I like the, con- the, the contemporary English version. He said, and it made it to grow. Hallelujah. Now those of you who know how to bake bread or have seen bread being baked before. You know, they would take the the flour, is that also, into a bowl, add some water, add some salt or sugar, all right, and then they would, they would mold it into a dough. Do you understand it? All right. Then later on, they will make them sort of, you know, make it flat. And then they will take the, the pans and put the flat um, flour dough in them and leave them for some, for some time. Do you understand it? Now, before they flatten it, they add yeasts. They add yeasts. And it is the yeast that makes the dough to become big. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Without the yeast, it would be bread, but it would be flat. So Lebanese bread and what the Jews eat, there's no yeast in it. It's unleavened bread. But if you want the bread to bloat, become big, you have to add yeast. The Fantas call it, um, how do you call it? Yeast, yes. Yes, the yeast egum. Amen. So, you are trying to grow your church. Planting the church is one thing. But letting the church increase in numbers, more people coming, is also another thing. And for the increase, just as the situation with Baking your bread, you have to add yeasts 
into the church. And when you add the yeast into your church, it will cause the church to grow and to explode. Hallelujah. That is why that is why I call this device and I hope that you have got your copy. I call this device Zymi. The word Zymi, alright, is the Greek word. Okay. When Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like unto living, the word living is Zymi. Hallelujah. So, that is why I call it Zymi because they are church growth messages that contain wisdom, strategies, revelations, understanding, keys that you need to understand as a, a pastor seeking for your church to grow. So you study them and then you implement them in your church. Then the effect of the yeast will be seen. So I expect all of you, if you have not gotten your copy yet, to get your copy. Do not live without designing. More than 100 hours of messages. Only church growth. Everything that's church growth. Amen. Without doing certain things with the church and in the church, you will not have growth. You will not have growth. So that is why we are learning. That's why we are here. That's the purpose for this conference. What must we do to see growth in our churches. Growth in terms of the single church and growth also in terms of church expansion. Planting more churches. Hallelujah. So how many of you have learned so many things already? This morning, I want to continue sharing on principles for church growth. And I'll go a little faster this morning because the time is running out fast. I want to give you a few more keys. Then if I have some more time, I'm going to teach you how to have permanent members in your church. Permanent members. Then I'll teach you how to have devoted members. Because the reason why many of us, our churches are not growing is the frequent movement of the members. How many of you experience that? They move frequently. Are you getting that? They don't stay. So what must you do? Eh? So that the members 
the sheep will stay in the church. Because when they stay and more are added, alright, then the church grows. Welcome, Bishop. Hallelujah. So, if the time allows, I will teach you that also. I'll give you two principles for church growth. I think now you are professors in those two principles. Alright. The principle of the multiplied senior pastor. So when you go after the conference, training must be something that you are now going to do. And that is why Sundays you can't go home early. You must spend your time training the people. Hallelujah. Eh? What is the work of a pastor? Three main things. Number one, prayer. Number two, study of the word. Number three, training the people. And number four, caring for them. Write it down. Number one, Four key duties of a pastor. Number one, prayer. Number two, studying the word and sharing the word. Number three, training your sheep and turning them into useful workers for the Lord. And number four, caring for them. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 6 from verse 1. This is just a little diversion. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, give me um, King James. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So, as the church grew, all right, people began to complain. We are not being cared for. We are being neglected. It is a problem that arises in a growing church if you don't put in place the necessary tools to make sure that people are cared for. And one of those tools is the cell system. So, some of the people felt that they were not being cared for. And this work of caring for the people was being done by the twelve apostles. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Give me NLT for this verse. 
So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. I'm giving you your work. Amen. All right. Verse 3. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Your work is not the food programs, you know, uh, running around barriers, weddings, social events, and all that. I'm not saying don't do them. You have to. But I'm teaching you your main work. Your main work, number one, is prayer. As a pastor, at the end of the day, when you say that you have worked, it means you have prayed. You have prayed. A pastor is called a man of God. Those who are not pastors are men of banks, men of hospitals, men of construction, men of engineering, men of business. So you find them doing all the different things that they are doing based on what type of men or women they are. But a pastor is called a man. You are a man, but you are a man of God. So your business is related to God. And the first business is to be with God. To be with God. Prayer. Number two, studying the way. So we have to study the way. Amen. That was the pattern of the priestly ministry in the days of the tabernacle. Alright? How many of you remember the tabernacle? The tabernacle. God made Moses to build the tabernacle. Now the tabernacle, look at the canopies. The tabernacle was a tent like this. Like this canopies. Alright? And it was divided into two. The first part, from where the brother in the yellow t-shirt is, to this side, was called the outer court. And then the other part was the the, the holy place. And then the other side was the holy of holies. And then in between the two of them was a thick curtain that ran from the top down. And it was surrounded by a fence. So the wall, the walls are the fence. 
and it had a gate. A gate. So that gate. You came in through that gate. The space between the tent and the gate, this whole space, the car park, was called the outer court. And in the outer court, all right, when you come here on Sundays, you see somebody doing kebab. So where the person is doing kebab was the altar of sacrifice. So every day, listen to this, the priests will walk to the gate and come to the altar of sacrifice in the outer court. And the people of Israel will bring animals for him to sacrifice for them. Peace offerings, sin offerings, burnt offerings. And the priest stood there and offered the turtle doves and the, the sheep and the, all the animals that they brought in the full view of the people at the outer court. That represents the public ministry of the priests. So your public ministry is what people see. The preaching in the church. Conducting weddings, barriers, baby dedications, visiting your people. The, your members see it and they say, wow! What a wonderful Pastor. So that is your public ministry. But after the priest has finished doing that, he then went into the first part of the tabernacle, the holy place. And just before he entered, his hands were bloody. He has been offering sacrifices. His hands were bloody. So just before he entered, there was a big bowl with water. It was called the liver. And it was made up of the looking glasses of the women of Israel. It had water in it. So the priest will wash his hands. And clean his hands. And then he will enter the outer, the holy place of the tabernacle. When he entered the holy place, right there in front of him was the shoe bread. And it was his duty to exchange the old one for fresh one. A fresh one. He had to always take away the old shoe bread and put new one there. And bread is the word of God. 
Which means that on daily basis, the priests interacted with the word of God. On daily basis. So, your duty as a pastor on daily basis, including this morning, hopefully, is to study the word of God. To read the Bible. To study the word of God on a daily basis. And, and he, had to, he had to come with fresh bread. So every day you need fresh word. Fresh word. How many of you understand that? Eh? Yeah, I'm showing your duty. The apostle said, we have to give ourselves to the study of the word of God. And I'm showing you that, you know, in the tabernacle ministry, that was what was happening. The priests interacted with fresh bread on daily basis and watch watch this watch this what he did in the tabernacle nobody saw it so that is the private ministry of the pastor so every pastor has a public ministry which is ministry to the people. And you have a private ministry, which is ministry to God. And it is your ministry to God. Watch this. It is your ministry to God that blesses your ministry. It is your ministry to God. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. Look at it. What are the things that God blesses? The things that God blesses are the things that are done in secret. Not the things that are done in public. Jesus said, but when you pray, go away from yourself, shut the door behind you. Why? So nobody sees. And pray to your father in heaven. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. We'll reward you. Continue. When you pray, don't babble and on and on. Yes, that's one. Don't be like them. Okay, go to go to verse. Let's even start from verse one. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly. Listen, pastors. When the church members are giving you funds, okay, because we are marrying them, burying them, doing this and doing that, it's good. But your real ministry is a private ministry to God. 
So before the public ministry, make sure that you have carried out the private ministry to God. Because you are a man, not a man of people, a man of God. A man of God. To be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you, you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, do it in private. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. The point I'm trying to make is that the things that bring rewards in ministry are the things that are done in private. Your private prayer that there's nobody, there's no church member there to give you funds. Oh, pastor, you are doing well. Keep on praying. I got what I'm saying. Your private studying of the word of God, your private waiting on God, your private studying of of, of Christian books, eh? soaking of Christian messages, watching videos, building yourself privately, they are the things that God rewards. Yeah. I've explained to you your work as a pastor. I said number one, the work. Number two, prayer. Number three, training. Number four, caring for the sheep. And I'm showing that the way in the tabernacle, on a daily basis, the priests interacted with the way. Now, watch this. The whole of the holy place in the tabernacle was dark. It was dark. There was no electric bulb. Nothing was there. How was the priest going to see his way about? There were the golden candlesticks. So every day, when he entered the holy place, he would clean the wicks and lighten the golden candlesticks to throw light into the holy place. Illumination that comes from the Holy Spirit. So every day, the priests interacted with the Word of God under the illumination, guidance, teaching of the Holy Spirit. First John two twenty, first John two twenty seven. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. 
see your way forward? Listen, how will you see your way forward in the ministry? How will you? The ministry, the, 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 the ministry is dark. It's a mystery. You don't know what to do. You don't understand what is happening in your church. How do you see your way forward? You need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will teach you all things. So, every day, when you go to the presence of the Lord, as you are studying the word, and as you are meditating the word, the Holy Spirit is there throwing light. Throwing light. Throwing light. Throwing light. Throwing light. Explain the scriptures, guiding you, and showing you what you must do. And then, after that, the priest did a third thing. There was the altar of incense. So the priest in the tabernacle would now begin to offer incense to God. He would bring fresh shoe bread, interacting with the wet, lighten the golden candlesticks, illumination from the Holy Spirit, and he will now offer incense. And the incense are the prayers of the saints. So every day, the priest studied the word under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and the priest spent time praying. That is the work of the pastor. That's the work of the pastor. On daily basis. On daily basis. On daily basis. On daily basis. After, watch, watch. After you have done the public ministry, I showed you the public ministry. In the outer court, all the people were there, they were cheering. They said, oh, very good pastor. Very good pastor. All right. But after that, he entered and began the private secret ministry. It is your private secret ministry that will turn you into the mega church pastor. It was through my private secret ministry to the Lord in 2008. I ran about October, September, between September to November. I can't, I can't, I can't remember the exact month. When my church was finishing, this church, it dropped from about 250 to about 140. And I was crying to the Lord, what should I do? My private ministry. And the Lord said, go back to sales. Go back to sales. Go back to sales. And then the church exploded. Amen. How many of you understand the word of God? Eh? Yeah. So the work of the pastor, your work, your work, your work to study the word. Eh? I didn't say, go back, go back to, go back to um, Acts chapter 6. Those of you who came late. NLT. Acts chapter 6 from verse 1. 
But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were ramblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. And this daily distribution of food was being done, carried out, supervised by the 12 apostles. So on daily basis, that was the work that they were doing. Alright, verse 2. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time. Should spend our time. Pastor, you must spend your time doing what? Not carrying out weddings. When I speak like that, I expect you to be mature to understand the context. I'm not saying, don't, don't, I, 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 I do weddings, I visit, I do barriers and all that. But what I'm saying is that, that is not your main work. That is your public ministry. That's why I'm explaining it from the tabernacle. That's your public ministry. And you see, the public ministry, it looks very nice. Because the members are they cheer you up. Even your dress is very nice. And some of you have some nice long coat. When you appear, you are more than a high priest. Yeah? You are more than a high priest. Yeah. Now when I'm coming for a wedding, I just put on my Kayaka shirt, you know, my, my black suit, and I'm here. But occasionally, I want to show them that I'm a bishop. I'm coming with some strange things. When I appear, they will be clapping. Wow. That's the public ministry. Okay? So they said, no, no, no. No. Watch this. We apostles should spend our time. Should. 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 Spend our time. Which means that if our time is 10 minutes, most of it must be spent doing what? Teaching the word of God, not running a food program. The food program here stands for all the other things that you have been running around doing. And I'm saying the reason why you enjoy the food program is because the members clap for you. Hey, the, the, the pastor here, he should tell us, please, Later on, you should give us the revelation that we are catching on. Yeah. You have to share with us. Hello? Verse 3. And so, brothers, select men who are well respected and are full of the Spirit and wisdom, alright? We will give them this responsibility. We will give them this responsibility. Watch. Which means that you have to raise up 
able men. That's why I keep on talking about training. Able men who can handle some of this aspect. Look, the prayer for your ministry, nobody can do it for you. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we have a lot of prayer in our church at different levels. Carry the church members to pray one hour. During our cell meetings, 15 minutes of it is dedicated to prayer. Then in a week, all ourselves have to meet and pray for one hour. On Saturday night, all the cell leaders have to pray one hour. The first week of every month, the whole congregation meets with fast and pray. Every one of my lay pastors have to pray minimum two hours a day. My full-time pastors have to pray minimum five hours a day. Then on a Wednesday, my full-time pastors lock themselves in a room and pray 24 hours. They enter there, alright, they start at 6 a.m. on Wednesday and they end the following day 6 a.m. on Thursday. They don't go anywhere. They are just there. That's it. So there's a lot of prayer. But I tell you, that's not what I depend on. Now, That's not what I depend on. I see it more of complementary. They are complementing it. But in te- see, because God has to speak to me. God wants to speak to you. You are the angel of the church. And you see, some of you, because you don't pray, your members and so-called prayer warriors, they control you. When they cancel, oh, Pastor, we're praying and this is what the Lord is saying. Alright? No. The Bible says that the Lord will not do anything except to first reveal it to his servants. Who is his servant? You. You. Anything your church member comes to say, either God has already spoken to you about it, or something that you already know. You already know. You already know. God does not bypass you to use your members to guide you. Let me say it again. God does not bypass you you are the one that he has called. You are the one that he has anointed to lead his people. Okay? He is not the author of confusion. Yeah. To bypass you and now guide the church. What should be done through your members? Not even through your wife. But because you don't pray and you have handed, some of you have handed prayer in the church to prayer warriors. The prayer warriors should pray. You should watch Ukumbwaja. No? No. So remember, you must spend your time teaching the way. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Verse 3. And so, brothers, 
select seven men who are well respected and full of the spirit and wisdom, we will give them this responsibility. Then, we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. We the apostles, what will we do? We will spend our time in prayer, in studying the word, and in teaching the word. That is your work. That's, that's your main work. As a pastor, the study and the ministry of the word. Number two, prayer. So I tell our missionaries, I tell our missionaries, when I ask them, how long do you pray? And they tell me, one hour, two hours. I tell them, you are not working. You are not working. Yeah. I tell them, I will not reduce it. Seven hours every day, pray. In that district, Kintampo, uh, wherever you are. Do you understand it? Eh? Spend seven hours, eight hours. Every day, as a pastor, be there. Be there, pray. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted to enter you. That, that's why I'm, I've cooled up. Seven hours, eight hours. So listen, start from 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. If you start from 3 a.m. to 10 a.m., that is seven hours. 3 a.m. to 10 a.m., that is seven hours. Yeah. Now, to be able to do that, let me give you the key. How many of you want me to give the key to be able to do that? How many of you want the key? Alright? Very good. To be able to do that, we have to sleep early. So by 8 p.m. By 8 p.m. We are asleep. The children will say, Daddy is now an old man. Let them say that. Daddy is sick. You are not sick. So 8, 9 p.m. maximum. So that you can get about 6 hours of sleep. Then you wake up. If you sleep late, you cannot wake up to pray. Even if you wake up, you know, you will still be feeling sleepy. So you have to sleep early. Eight. Yeah. Some of you, you don't stay in the church. You have turned yourself into an itinerant preacher. Every month, every week, you preach in other people's churches. Every week, three churches. That's a, so you have no time for your church. You have no time for your church. And when you go and preach at these programs, many of these programs, the preaching start at 9.30. Yeah. 
9 o'clock, 9.30, and you are preaching three times a week, which means that most times you get home at midnight. So you can't wake up. If you want to build a mega church, you have to spend a lot of time in the church to build a church. A lot of time in the church. In your church. In your church. Stay there. Teach the people. Train the people. Care for the people. Lead them into outreaches. Yeah. Once a while, then you go and have some program somewhere. But mostly you are there. Mostly you are there. If you don't do that, your church will not grow. Yeah. You will remain at a certain small level for a long time. Have you written it down? Seven or eight hours. Write it down. Write it down. And I'll call you. I'm going to call you. If I call you at 3 a.m. And you are still snoring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What are what are you doing for him? Still snoring? No. So those of you who are married, what are you going to do? Have sex before you sleep or have sex after the prayer. Your wife is always there. teaching you about how to improve your preaching. I told you, preach against what people are thinking. That's why I'm always answering your questions. Because I know that your questions are about what, about what am I going to sleep with my wife? Sleep with your wife either before you sleep or after the prayer. By the way, the marriage bed is on the file. Okay, by the way. So, even the course of the prayer, even the course of the prayer, you can't control things. Go and fire, and then go and continue. I just leave. I'm in my study. 
So there have been times that I'm there praying. And suddenly, I say, ah, man of God, what feelings are you having? So I placed an emergency call. And the sister says, yes. I say, I don't know, but I'm feeling something. So I'm coming. Get ready. Yeah. So you go there. How long will you take? Archbishop told us. Ten seconds. Give the Lord a shout! No, no, no. Is it because... Because what happens, please sit down. What happens is that it may take over your mind. No, it can, it can actually take over your mind. And you are praying and instead of seeing visions by the Spirit, you are seeing the way she's turning here, turning there, turning there. Look, you just grind me. Sort out yourself and come back. So, I've sorted out your problem. You don't have any problem again. How many of you realize I don't have any problem? Pro, pro, pro. Have you written it down? But why is it? Seven to eight hours. Have you signed your name? Put today's date. Sign your name again and say put today's date. Wow. Yeah. Those of you who are lay pastors, you can't get seven hours to pray. Two hours is okay. Two hours is okay. But full-time pastors, you are a full-time pastor. What are you doing 24 hours? The ministry is prayer. Write it down. Ministry is prayer. Well, I'm talking plenty about it. I just wanted to mention some things to you. Yeah. Yeah. So let me move on. So study of the word, prayer. Number three, training. Ephesians chapter four, from verse eleven. Give me NIV. Ephesians chapter four. Your third word is training. Your people. Do you remember Bishop Ogo taught us that we need to release the legends in our people? Is that also? And I taught you that you must multiply yourself as a senior pastor. Amen. It was he who gave some. Now, pastors at this conference, there are pastors here, there are apostles here, there are bishops here. The evangelists here, their teachers. Why has God called you to be a pastor? What is your work as a pastor? I'm going to show you another important work that you have as a pastor. It was He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, 
and some to be pastors and teachers. For what reason? For what reason? Why are you an apostle? Why are you a pastor? Why are you a teacher? Why are you an evangelist? Why? Why? Verse 12. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built. Watch this. The reason why you are a pastor, you are a prophet, you are an evangelist is to prepare God's people. Who are God's people? The members that God has given to you. To prepare them so that they will do the works of service. For what purpose? For the body of Christ. What is the body of Christ? The church. The church. To be built. So God says, I want to build my church. How am I going to build my church? I need the sheep that are given in the churches to do the work of ministry. What is the work of ministry? Preaching, evangelism, uh, visitation, counseling, and all that. I need the sheep, the members in the church to do that. But because they don't know how to do it, I have called some of them and anointed them specially so that they can equip the sheep for them to do the work. So, your work is not to carry out the daily routines, but your work is a coach. You are a coach. You have to equip the people. You have to train them. Then, they will do their work. So training of your members is one of the major, major, major duties that you have. Yeah. That, that is basically I do you know two things in the church. Yeah. I preach and I train. Basically. Yeah. So yesterday I, I gave you four basic training schools that you must have in your church. Eh? What's, it, what's it, your name again? Pastor Daniel, are you going to set up the schools? Number one, new convert school. Number two is what? Church workers or shepherds training school. Number three is what? Church planters training school. Number four is what? Cell leaders training school. Four basic ones. Four basic ones. And actually, in terms of the order, you have the new converse school, then they enter the shepherds training school, church workers training school, then they enter the cell leaders training school, or let me even say it again, because in our, in our church, we have swapped it. So, we have our converts. We train our converts. And then we bring them to the cell leaders training school. All our converts, all our converts, by seven months to eight months of being in the church, they are ready to be cell leaders. Yeah. If, if, if we get a convert 
Last week, we got a convert last week Sunday. And we put a convert in the new believer school, or the new convert school, the coming Sunday. In seven, in seven to eight months time, that person will be ready to sell, to start sales. Once they start the sales, then now we move them into the church workers training school. Give them more training. They become church workers. They are doing their sales. They are doing different things in the church. And when they mature, we give them more training to be able to plant churches. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Mr. Bemba, you are welcome. Please, listen. Amen? Wow! What a blessing. So, training is one of the main things. Bishop, a pastor who does not train people, you cannot build a mega church. You know, we should allow the scriptures to talk for themselves. That's what what sometimes we don't do. Okay? We rather follow, do you remember I showed you a scripture in Psalm 4 verse 2. We rather follow worthless things and deception. But it is very clear. Go back to verse 11. Why are you a pastor? Go back to verse 11. Verse 11. Why are you a pastor? Why are you a prophet? Why are you an evangelist? Why? The scripture is very clear. Very, very clear. It was he who gave some to be apostles. Some to be prophets. Some to be evangelists. And some to be pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Why are you a pastor? Apostle Don, why why has God made you an apostle. Why? Why? Pastor Pablo, why are you a pastor? Why? Verse 12. To prepare God's people. To prepare God's people. To prepare God's people. Your work is to prepare God's people. That's your work. To prepare God's people. Hello? I hear you go home. Your work is to prepare God's people. Lift up your right hand. Say, my work is to prepare the people of God. what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. He selected the twelve and trained them. And and trained them. Jesus had his three. He had his three. Okay, watch this. He had his three. He had his twelve. 
He had a 70. He had a 120. He had a 3. Peter, James, John. He had a 12. Then he had a 70. Then he had a 120 that gathered in the upper room. So even among the leaders, you must have different levels of them. So stay in the church and spend time training the people. And the people are the people that God has given to raw materials. I'm just about to, you know, give you another principle. So take this as one of the principles. The principle, what I'm talking about, the principle of knowing eh, the four jobs of a pastor. The principle of knowing the four jobs of a pastor. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Train, retrain. Train, retrain. Train, retrain. Because sometimes they become weak. Some of them backslide. Some of them don't do the work. Okay? Or some of them don't do the work well, so you retrain them. How many of you want to build mega churches? You cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. You cannot do it alone. God calls you alone, but always surrounds you. Raises up people. Puts people. Make people available to you to help you. To help you. To help you. Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 11, verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there and I will take of the spirit that is upon you and put the spirit on them. They will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. Hello? Do you see that? How many of you understand the scripture? That's why I said, let the scriptures speak. Speak for themselves. Yeah. That was the pattern of Jesus. That was the pattern of Jesus. He called them in Mark 3, 3, Mark 3, 13 to 15. And then he trained them. Then later he sent them. Matthew chapter 10, he sent them, go. Yeah. He sent them. Luke 9, he sent them. Luke 10, 
He said, and when they came back, they were so happy. One time when they went, they met some demon. The demon was not easy for them. Matthew chapter 17, it was not easy. A certain man brought his son who had epilepsy. He was afflicted by a demon. Look, they tried. The man got angry. He said, you guys, you are not called. They are not called. But let them keep on doing it. Let them keep on doing it. Continue to train them. God said, they will help you. Pastor, there are people sitting in your churches. God has placed them there to help you. 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 To do the work of service. So that the body of Christ, the church, will be built. You will build a strong church. Do you understand it? When you have people. This is, this is one of the most powerful keys for church growth. Having people to help you. Having people. Yeah? That is the only way to be able to do more. We run five adult services here every Sunday. And several youth services. The number of children who come to church here on Sunday attendance, 1,000 on average. I need more, I have more services for them. So I need a lot of people that are trained to be able to teach their, their children, to be able to care for them. I can't do it alone. My wife cannot do it. A few lady persons cannot do it. No. There was a time I used to preach four services in the morning. Four. Then one in the evening. Five services. Before training programs and all that. I said no. Others for chopsome. Yeah. So I called the pastor and said, look, now you are in charge of this service. You are in charge of this service. Now I preach two, two services, and then another one, maybe. And they are doing it. And they are doing it. I have not less than 600 workers at this cathedral. And the amazing thing is that even that, we still cannot do the work. Enough attitudes are not being done. Enough visitations are not being done. Enough soul winning is not being done. Yeah. The church is not growing as fast as I want, I want it to grow. Listen, you will kill yourself. You will kill yourself. Yeah, you will kill yourself. 
if you attempt. That is why, especially some of you there, brother pastors, your wives are not happy with you. Because by the time you go home, because you are in charge of the choir, in charge of the prayer warriors, after prayer warriors, you have to go and lead the men's fellowship. It's like you are the only one who is doing everything. By the time you, you go home, there's no strength. Your wife is lying by you. She's ready, desiring. They're snoring. You have become a snoring husband in the house. Governor Ajay, do you snore? You are strong. Yeah. Esther chapter 18. Esther chapter 18. I'm talking about the principle of knowing the four jobs of a pastor. Number one, the study of the word and the ministry of the word. Number two, prayer. Number three, training your members, equipping them. Take them for camp meetings. Take them for retreats. <laughs> As we are here, Bishop Dag has gathered thousands of young people. Thousands. You can watch it on the Facebook. Training them. He's having a campaign. What's the title of the camp message? Eh? No, 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 no. The title. Eh? Everything by prayer and nothing without prayer. Young students, students, you know, young people. Thousands. That's all that he does. Training and training and training and training and training. And that is why he has a lot of people who he can send to India, send to Vanuatu, send to Papua New Guinea, Fiji Islands, eh? Caribbean Islands, all over. All over. That's what you do. You should see he has left the comfort of his home. He's at the Bible school campus. He's been there since uh, Monday or Tuesday. But he's supposed to come here, so we should pray very hard. We should pray. For those of you who are snoring, maybe it is because of you that our prayers may not be heard. Yeah. Listen, the Makane. Give me the Makane original. Okay. The Makane. Watch this. The Makane. Eh? Eight hundred and thirty one hours of ministry training for pastors and church workers. This one. 
of us have come out of camp meetings. All of us. So, take your people. 20 of them. 15 of them. Select them. When Bishop Ogo came and he was teaching us, he taught us, who are the people that can be helpful to you? He said, the people who hang around. The people who come around all the time. The people who admire you. The people who seem to be available for the work. Select them. And say, guys, I'm going to train you. And two days ago, I showed you how to train them. Oh, I gave you the books and materials. Train them. A lot of the rebellion in your churches is because you don't have children. Children. You see, when you give birth to somebody genuinely, genuinely, they are not likely to just drop you like that. I don't expect my children to just drop me just like that. No. I've really, they know. They know the investment. They know. My son finished medical school at 22 years. He started, he started when he was 16. Yeah. And I sent him. I paid a lot of money to keep him in medical school. And even when he finished and he started work, working, they were not paying him. I was still looking after him. He cannot just get up one and say, you are no more my father. How many of you agree that it's not likely to happen? No. So stop adopting. Never listen. It's me. I want to teach you guys. Never accept somebody who comes with certificate. Oh, this I'm a certificate. This Bible school. This Bible school. So I want to be a pastor in your church. Never accept that. Many of you have made that mistake. It has cost you a lot. Bring up your own children. Bring them up. If you think it's a pastor, you should go and start a ministry. Many of such people have wrong motives. They want to start a church, but they don't know how to start a church. So they want to come and be with you for three months, six months, and win the hearts of your people and take away your members. I cannot, we have uh, over 2,000 pastors. I cannot think of one pastor who we appointed based on that. No. 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 I know it because that's my job. I train them, all of them. Your own children. Your own children. Are you a pastor? Your own children. I do remember, was it yesterday or two days ago I was telling you about the ordinary people? The young young people? Eh? 
Don't despise them. Don't look for cutting sellers and tractor owners. No. You see, what happens is that in ministry, you grow up with the people. And the people grow up with you. That's why they will appreciate you. That's why they will appreciate you. Yeah. So your JHS guys and the SHS ones and the young graduates and the carpenters. Do you get it? Yeah. Don't joke with them. Don't joke. God is going to bless them. And they are going to become great. When you come here on Sunday morning, my first service starts at 7 o'clock. Okay? You will not see more than five cars here. Yeah. And there are 1,000 people sitting in the cathedral. Early Sunday morning. Eh? They don't have cars. They don't even have bicycles. We have to send buses. We use more than 70 buses on a Sunday. We have to bring them from far, from near. They don't have money to come. After church, we have to send them back. These are the members that I have. But the income of my church is such that within the last two years, I've undertaken 30 building projects. 30 building projects. What one or two rich people can give you? A lot of people can give you the same. So from today, when you go, your young men, hey, cherish them. Put your hands around them. Call them. Guys, let's sit down. Put on a t-shirt. Dance with them. Yeah. God is going to raise them up. I have a young man. He does my media things. There is Geoffrey. Stand up, this one. Please, this one. He's helping me doing the media things. How old are you? 20 years. 20 years. You're an investor now? Which year? 300. Yeah. I saw him walking in the church. I said, What do you do? He said, I want to go to invest. I can't go. There's no help. I said, no problem. Go and collect forms. You go to university. We'll look after you. Three hundred. He's left with two years. When he finishes, he gets a job at the bank. When he starts paying his tithe, the church will be blessed. So, so there are many of them that you have to, you have to help them. 
Yeah, you have to help them to get jobs. You have to help them to learn skills. You understand it? Help them. It's not only about preaching. Preach fine, but help them also. Yeah. About four years ago, I realized that the poverty in the church was too much. My people were poor. No education, no work, no skills. So I started a series for about three three months on driving out poverty. Then I told them, all JHS students who didn't pass your exam, go and do remedials and go to SSS. If you failed your SSS, go and do remedials. Go to university. If you are a policeman, you are a corporal, go to school. I told them, go to university. So you'll be promoted. Yeah. So I preached it. I tell you. It was like a revolution. Today, there are several percent people. They have finished university. They have done this. They have done this. They have done this. And they are doing well. Believe me. Yeah. Yeah. He said they will help you. They will help you. Now, Exodus 18. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian and father-in-law of Moses, heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. After Moses had sent away his wife Zipporah, his father-in-law Jethro received her and her two sons. One was named Geshem. For Moses said, I'll become an alien in a foreign land. And the other was called Eliezer. For he said, my, my father's God was my helper. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, together with Moses' sons and wife, came to him in the desert where he was camped near the mountain of God. Now watch this. A little revelation here. Are you here or you go home? Are you here or you go home? How many of you are here? Right. You are becoming a mega church pastor. You see, this is how to build a church. The living. God is giving you the living that you are going to put in your church. Jesus said, for the kingdom of God, it's like a woman who took living and put in three measures of it until it affected it. When you go to your church and you begin to do all these things that we are teaching you, plus tonight, the anointing that is going to come upon your life. Yeah. Now watch this. Moses' father-in-law came to visit him. And when we read on, we realize that he gave him useful advice for ministry. The reason why Moses' father-in-law came to visit him and was able to visit him was because of the way Moses left him. 
Because Reverend Dr. Moses was Bishop Jethro's pastor. Moses used to look after his sheep. Moses was his pastor and found the bishop's wife around and loved her and married her. And when God called Moses, go and read your Bible, he went back to his father-in-law and said, this is what God has said. And asked for the blessings of his father-in-law and left with the blessings of his father-in-law. He left the ministry of his father, his bishop, his founder, his overseer, his senior pastor, in a good way. There are two ways you have to leave a ministry if you have to. The first way is the Moses way. The second way is the Jacob way. When Jacob wanted to leave Bishop Laban's church and ministry, what did he do? What did he do? He took his wife, took his children, added even some of the bishop's gods and ran away. He ran away. He ran away. He didn't live in a good way. And when Laban caught up with him, he told him, he said, do you know that it lies in my power to curse you? Depending on the way you live, you may attract a curse or you may attract blessings, insights, help for your ministry. Laban told Jacob, you ran away. You took my daughter, took my grandchildren. You have even stolen my God. Why is it so? I can curse you. It was only God that didn't let him curse Jacob. When you have to leave, when you have to leave, Okay, because the ministry is not a cult that you cannot leave. So if God really has called you, and in most cases, when people leave, God has not called them. It's because of money. You want to control the money in the church. You want to be called founder. Most of the time, But what people don't know is that staying together and building together is better. Yeah. Yeah. I've done the research of the charismatic church in Ghana. Some of the 14 biggest charismatic churches. I have everything about them. You can Google my name. You see the research there. You saw it? Yeah. Go and read it. 76,000. And I can tell you, I can tell you that in terms of the size of ministry, that Bishop Saki and Bishop Eddie have as assistants to Bishop Dad. Okay? If you are ranking, they may they will easily be in the top 10 as assistant pastors. 
in terms of the size of the churches, in terms of the churches that they have, the infrastructure, their influence, and everything as assistants. When you see them walking around here preaching humbly, eh? They are very well. Listen, listen, listen. Another secret. You know, I've been giving you some secrets. How many of you have another? You want another secret? Don't tell anybody. Listen, listen, listen carefully. Are you listening? It is better to be the tie of an elephant than the head of an ant. Of an elephant. How many of you know that the tail of an elephant is very big? Eh? And the head of an ant, you can't even see it. So you are in a ministry. You are in a ministry. With your senior pastor. Maybe you are the, the assistant number one or the assistant number two or assistant number three. In a ministry that is coming up. Churches are being built. Church buildings are coming up. And you say, no, no, no. I want to go and be you know, founder and president, and you go and hide in some small, unfortunate classroom somewhere. Unfortunate, smelly classroom. Struggling with seven people. And always insulting them because they cannot give enough offerings to take care of you. I'm just one of the 60 bishops that Bishop Dark has. Just one. Yeah. You see the church? This one. Five floors, offices. Another one there. Everything. He called me one day and said, here, take this. This is your church. This is the former international headquarters of the Lighthouse Chapel International. I was pastoring Sakumono. He called me one day. He said, come. He said, I've left. Have you seen this? The cathedral? The five floors, offices? The hostel facility there? Everything. Including the office. His office. The chair that he sat in. You see this chair? This chair. Look, I've decided that either it dies or I'll die. But it cannot be changed. This is the chair that Bishop Dark sat in for 15 years. And Bishop Saki sat in. Bishop Adi sat in. Auntie Mami sat in. So, what we are seeing here, this clot, we have changed. I think this is about the third or the fourth time. The chair, it becomes so weak that I call the carpenter. I said, knock it, knock it, knock it, knock it. Don't change it. Don't change it. 
know what is here? And then not only that, he said, I now want you to oversee some of the churches. I said, yes, sir. How many? He said, take 500 of them. 500. So I'm overseeing 500. No, wait. I don't know why you are clapping. What I'm saying is that, so I should leave all that and go to Odumaso Krobo. Anointed man of God. I've come. I'm coming to start my church. International People's Church of Apostolic Grace. End time powerful people's anointed revival ministries. Founder and president. Bishop Doctor. Bishop, doctor. His grace, prophet. Listen. I have only one description for you. You are a fool. You are a fool. And I didn't mention your name. So look straight like this and smile. If you are the one, just look straight and smile so, so nobody will know. I didn't mention you. Bishop, that is in town. It's in town. He's busy somewhere. Having a conference. I'm also here. Having a conference. Those of you who were here two years ago, when he came, stood up here. Said, Bishop, never stop doing church group conferences. Never stop. Go everywhere. I am riding on the back of a powerful, anointed servant of God. My back is covered. Who is covering your back? Do you understand it? So this type of behavior is not a good behavior. Sit there, help your senior pastor. Help him. If your senior pastor is Dr. Bimpa, help him to the church. No. I'm saying that's why I told you that. I the first ten biggest ministries, Bishop Adi and Bishop Saki will fall into it. Even though they are sisters. Visit Bishop Saki's cathedral before you leave and then go to Bishop Addis Cathedral Ashalbotwe the car park starts from here 
almost to Kolobu Junction. Huh? I went there. Bishop, I went there. What did you see? Powerful. Huge. Great. You know, and, and when, he, when he roofed the building and did one or two things, he was going to move. Bishop Dow called me and said, you can't move. Let the thing shine. Let it shine. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Bishop Sakia said, big cathedral with offices. Bishop said, no. Build long. Five floors, offices. He has started. Hey. The point I'm trying to... The, sit down, please. The point I'm trying to make is that... Okay? Help your senior pastor. Help him. The ministry becomes so big that you are going to have a big part of it. Instead of running to go and hide... You know, and some of you senior pastors, you see, it is also because of your poor leadership skills. That is why sometimes people don't want to stay under you. Yeah. That is why one of the books that you should really, really study is the art of leadership. The art of leadership. Because some of you, the truth is that it is very difficult for people to stay under you. You are selfish. You are selfish. You don't think about your your associate pastors. You don't think. You don't think. Okay? Bishop Doug is not the only one who has a house. We all have houses. If the bishops of Lighthouse are someone to come for a meeting here and we all pack our cars and Bishop that part, his car. You wouldn't know which of them is his car. You would choose the wrong car. I can bet you, you choose the wrong car. You would choose my car. You choose my car. You know the car that he drives? He drives a pickup. He drives a pickup. And so Bishop Saki went to say, I want to drive some of the big car. I want to Bishop Saki. Bishop that said, no. Drive a big car. Very big one. Very big one. I think early this year, I was in the house. It was a Tuesday. He called me. He said, Bishop, where are you? I said, I'm in the house. He said, can you come to the office? I said, yes. He said, come. He said, why is your car? I saw a habit. He said, bring it. I want to give you a new car. I want to give you a new car. So I drove to the place. He said, park your car here. He said, come. Have you seen this one? Have you seen this one? I said, I've seen it. Open, Open it. He said, this is the key. Yeah. 
when I opened the car, the car was just breathing. He has even fixed some things. I said, oh, so, they are all for you. Take, take, take. The point I'm trying to make is that, okay, how many of you want to build large churches? Yeah. Stay there. Stay with your senior pastor. And senior pastors, be wise. Don't be wicked. Help your pastors. Make sure that it is well with them. You know, people who are ignorant and people who don't know. One of the things that they, you know, one of the, the, the things that they wonder was that you guys, you love Bishop Dark and you talk too much about him. You know, but, but you see, what you don't know is that it's not that I love him more. Pastor Daniel, the man rather loves me more. Look, there is nothing about your life that he's not interested in. If your wife goes into labor and there's a problem, she will leave what he's doing there to drive to the hospital and make sure that everything is okay. So we love Jesus because he first loved us. He is Bishop Dagdaza. Come. Where is your land? Where is your land? You don't have a land. Why? Go and buy land. Buy land. Wherever you can find a bind and start a building project. After three months, have you bought it? Where is it? You you must have a house. You must have a land. It's about the leadership. It's about the leadership. Some of your leadership is bad. That's why the people cannot stay around you. You are the only person who travels abroad. How come that you are the only person who travels abroad? How come? How come that you are asking a question, senior pastor? Your pastors have been with you for 10 years, 5 years. How come that they have not even gone to Abidjan before? Yeah. Let them also go. Also go. Make a way for them. Fake them some appointment somewhere. Preach an appointment. Look, can my pastor come and also preach here? Buy the ticket. Buy the ticket. Give them money when they go to spend. I was flying to Bishop Dark one time. I was there like that. When they, they said, 
choose. Choose a watch. That's all. I don't need a watch. Oh, choose. He says you should choose. He says you should choose. You bought a watch for me. Care for your junior pastors. Do you understand it? Care. That is why Peter protested when Jesus said, I'm going to die. He said, no. We cannot allow this to happen to you. Ah, the last time my mother-in-law was sick, you cheated. And why are you going? You can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. Peter protested vehemently. We are happy to work with and under Bishop Darkwood. No, we are happy. And by the grace of God, we have nowhere to go. I am not ready to go and become the head of an ant. I've said all this because of Moses. Go back. So Jethro, go back to the scripture, visited Moses because of the way he left. You see, I'll be sharp here. You were talking about it yesterday. The ingratitude of many people. Ingratitude. The people that he has raised up, brought up, Many of them don't even want to even associate with him. They don't want to associate with him. Yeah. But you see, you see him, God keeps on lifting him up, lifting him up. Lifting him up. Lifting him up. Yeah. Hey. A man that when they are going to inaugurate the new American president and they are having a service in a small place. He's not only one of the people who is invited but he's actually one who is praying. You joke of such a man. You joke with such a man, you don't know. <laughs> Recently, I was sitting with him. He said, he took the phone and said, look, he showed me something. The president of the U.S. has invited him to come pray with him. When you see such a person and you have the opportunity to be close to him, to serve under him, to work with him, you rather want to go and become the head of an ant. Head of an ant. Some of you should close down the churches that you have and go back to your father. Go back to your phone. Go back. 
He'll receive you. There was a young pastor who left the ministry out of rebellion for about 25 years or so. Yeah. Went, started his church. This, 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 Charlie. He got to a point where I said, no, I need to go back. He came to Bishop Dabbs and said, it's not a problem at all. Start working here. He's working now. Very happy. Yeah. And Orangu came to my office about three weeks ago. He said, Bishop, I want to come back. I miss the fellowship. I want to be part of it. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. I miss it. We have destroyed wonderful relationships in the name of starting your own church. For what? For what? For what? Verse 7. I'm talking about the principle of knowing the four jobs of a pastor. Job number one, word study, word ministration. Job number two, prayer. Job number three, training your people. That's what I'm talking about. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. Can you kiss the person whose ministry you have left? Kissing shows affection. One day, a senior pastor said about one of the sons. He said, one of the sons who left, he said, if I'm in my house and I'm told that such and such a person wants to see you, I will tell the people, release the dogs to chew him up. Your father is releasing dogs on you. the pain that some of you have caused your fathers. The scripture says that a wise son brings honor, brings glory to his father. Some of you, you have despised your father's and your mothers, and the eagles are just about to pluck out your eye. Perhaps that is why we are not seen in the ministry. Perhaps that's why you are not seen. He kissed Welcome. Welcome. Hey. they greeted each other and then went into the tent Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardship they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel and rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians my pastor is not angry. 
that I'm having a conference. Actually, he's part of it. He's preaching at a conference somewhere, but he wants to make a way. So let's keep praying. Two years ago, he was here. He wants to come. He's not, he's not angry at all. Yeah. Before we started, I was with him. He laid his hands on me. Go and bless the people. 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 Whenever I get invited all over the world or even in the country, I call him and say, I'm going to preach here. I've been invited. He says, wow. One time he told me, he said, whenever I hear that people have been invited, I feel so happy. I feel so happy. I feel so happy. So let your senior pastor feel happy that he has seen you. That he has seen you. Or he's coming to your church. Many of our missionaries are here. They are dying for me to step into their church. They are dying. Presently, I went to visit one of them, Kumasi. When they heard, one day, for just some two hours or so, several, I was surprised when I entered the place, they have all come there. What are you doing? Oh, we heard you are coming, so we are here. We are here. We are here. May your father be happy to see that you are coming. Anything that is wrong, correct it. Correct it. Correct it. Yeah. And relate properly. And relate properly. Yeah. Continue. He said, Praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the land of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods for this and this to the people of Israel. Continue. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. Yeah? Watch this. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. Bible scholars tell us that anywhere between 2.5 to 3 million Jews left Egypt. So, Reverend Dr. Moses was a mega church pastor. Had a mega giga. 
and watch. The next day, he took his seat to judge the people and they stood around him from morning to evening. Continue. When his father-in-law saw what Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning to evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, they, they, it is brought to me and I decide between parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. What you are doing is not good. What is not good? Trying to care for millions of people alone is not good. Pastor, trying to build the church alone is not good. Trying to pastor the church alone is not good. Trying to teach the people alone is not good. Trying to solve all their problems alone is not good. Continue. You and these people, why is it not good? You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. We have hundreds of cells at this cathedral. I have pastors planting churches all the time. This year alone, we have planted more than 180 of them. Churches. New ones. I need to train the people. I need to supervise. I need to travel. 500 churches. Need to care for the Bible school. Close to 1,000 students. That is full time. Another about 10,000 lay. I have to do all that. How can I do it? How can I do it? How can I do it? Huh? How can I do it? Bite is done. No, look at me. Look at me. I'm not under stress at all. No, no. No. Everything is working. It's working. It's working. It's working. Everything about this conference, if I want to know, I will know. How many people have been here? You know, this, 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 this. Uh, I think uh, Facebook Live, uh, Healing Jesus TV. I am not concerned with any of those things. This is my job. 
This is my job. This is my job. No. I'm not worried. Is it being streamlined on Facebook? Are they doing it well? Eh? Yesterday they were telling the number of people who were who are watching. At a point, at a point they said twenty four thousand or twenty three thousand. In the evening. Pastor, the thing that you are doing is not good. It's not good. That's why your wife is not happy with you. When you go home, you are too tired. Apostle Atifa, you need some strength in the night also. He says, sister, please, can you come close? Come close. I tell my wife, I say, oh, please, come close, come close. I'm ready. Don't sleep too far from, yes, come, come close. Now you are snoring and snoring because you are tired. He said, you wear yourself, watch it. I told you, let the scriptures talk for themselves. Many of you are tired. You are everywhere. You are in charge of the music, in charge of the ashes, you are in charge of the evangelism department, you are in charge of the without you nothing works. Wrong. 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 Let me give you the definition of a good leader. How many of you want to hear? Not not only a good leader, but a real leader. A real leader. Never forget this definition. If you say you are a real leader, a real leader is the leader that has made himself redundant. Redundant. For as long as you are involved in everything, how can Bishop Dad oversee the United Denominations? Ten denominations. French, Portuguese, Asian, various places. How can you do it? Look, the man sleeps well. Sleeps well. Sleeps well. Yeah, that's a good leader. The work is going on. Churches are being planted. Missionaries are being sent. Church buildings are going on. Monies are being raised. Eh? The denomination is expanding. Expanding. There was a time that he knew all the pastors. There was a time that he personally appointed. I was personally appointed by him. Personally. I was personally ordained by him. I was personally consecrated by him. Now, 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 he doesn't, he, he doesn't appoint pastors. Maybe in his church. The bishops do it. The bishops ordain the pastors. I'm sure very soon will be consecrating the bishops. The thing you are doing is not good. 
How many of you remember that? Huh? Yeah. And you see, one of the reasons why pastors do that is because of insecurity. Sometimes you feel that if you give people opportunity, they will outshine you. Watch this. Watch this. There's a difference between just the charisma and the office. Yeah. Bishop Sam Jolly has a denomination in Sierra Leone. He's one of the key bishops in Sierra Leone. When you go to Frita, you see sees picture all over the place. He has pastors. He brought some of them. They may preach better than him, whatever. But as for the office, as for the office of who is the apostle of his denomination, they cannot. They cannot sit in his chair. They cannot. So relax. I can never, I can never, never be Bishop Dad. He would nurse. I can't. I can't. None of us can. And none of us can be like Jesus. Now, watch this. Have men of God done more than Jesus? Men of God, have they done more than Jesus? Okay, let's look at it. He raised up three people from the dead. Jairus' daughter, the son of the widow of Nain and Lazarus, three. Smith Wilkesworth raised up 21 or 23. Even Bishop Adai Mensa, who came here, has raised up nine dead people, including his own mother. Including his own mother. Jesus preached within a radius of 200 miles from Galilee to Jerusalem. It's 200 miles. Pastor, I'm sure you have been there. Just from here. When you start a trip in the morning, eh, because of the tourist attractions on the way, you know, you go and see all this in the Dead Sea, and then the Dead Sea scrolls, all those people, so they keep on stopping. By six, you are in Jerusalem. Otherwise, it's just like two, three hours. That's where Jesus ministered. Men of God, now, Dark is about to go to Zambia. Thousands of miles away from Ghana. Thousands. Thousands. How many people did Jesus preach to? What was the population of the, of the time? And he preached only in Israel. He didn't go to Egypt and Syria and India. So in terms of the quantity of the work, men of God have done great works. But there is no man of God who is Jesus. Number one. Number one. Only one blood was required. His blood. Apart from that, there is no need for any other blood.
So that is why Jesus left us with the Lord's Supper. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. When you are doing great works, take the communion to remember that you are doing great works, but you can never be Jesus Christ. The point I'm trying to make is that you may do great works. Then Dr. Bempa, but you can never be him. Because why he says, it's an anointing, it's an office. It's an office. It's an office. This is what associates don't know. That is why senior pastors never allow your associate or anybody to ever sit in your chair. Never. 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 They should not sit in your chair. If ever you come to meet any of them sitting in your chair, kick the person out. Your chair is your chair. It represents your office. It represents your office. Yeah. Even if you travel five years, it should be there. Bishop Dad has le- left the Kodesh many years now. His chair is his chair. Bishop Saki's chair is Bishop Saki's chair. Bishop Adi's chair is Bishop Adi's. None of us go and sit on any of those chairs. Yeah. When Bishop gave me the cathedral and I, I moved here, I knew that his office was down there. Initially, Bishop Adi was using it. When the Bible school at a point was here. So I had my office on the first floor. Then Bishop Adi stopped using it. And I was afraid to use it. That, that's Bishop Dark's office. So look, one day, I think the office has not been used for about a year or more. One day it rained. And I just happened to have some guests around. Let me go ahead and show you the office that Bishop Dad used to use. When I opened, the place was in a total mess. It was in a total mess. It was just, oh, you sit, cry. Oh, that's your office. That is the only time I had the boldness to start using it. Some of you associate pastors, you are not afraid of anything. When you see a man of God, watch this. There's one thing that we have to see. Don't see his shoes. Don't see his shirt, his jacket. See only one thing, the anointing. And we live with him based on the anointing. We live with him based on the anointing. One time I went to preach for the archbishop. And 
And then when I came back, I went to one of my assistants. He brought a plastic bag. He said, when I was coming, they gave this to give to you. I said, what is it? When I looked at it, money. I said, what is it for? They said, I should give it to you. It's from Archbishop. Plenty. 2,000 bundles, four. I said, why? So Archbishop said they should give to you. <laughs> I ran out of the office here. Came here, picked my phone. Papa, are you there? Oh, yeah. I said, there's something. Oh, oh, be happy. You are blessed. You are blessed. I said, for what? He said, why you came to preach? I said, Papa, I came to do what? I came to do what? You. You are giving me money for putting me on your platform. You. I said, Papa, where is Joel? His son, the one, the tall one. I said, where is he? I said, Joel, run quickly. Quickly. I said, Papa, this money cannot say even not more than one hour. Come quickly. Joel drove here. I relate by the anointing, not money. If I go and pray for Bishop Sam Jolly, gives me money, I'll collect it. Or the top and power, collect it. You have to know who you are relating with. And the level. You have to know. You have to know. You have to know. There are some people, when they give you money, say, no, 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 no. I don't need, do you know who I want? Please, can you pray for me? Hey. Yeah. One time I took some people to his office. There was a bishop there. They were finished speaking. We're just about to leave. Now I held the hand of the bishop. I said, I said, Papa, this man is a good man. He's a good man. Please pray for him. He said, Oh, if you say. I should pray for him. Or pray for him. I'll never forget his prayer. Say, Father, he has been recommended. (laughs) He has been recommended. And based on that recommendation, now, I lay my hands and he started. When the bishop when the bishop got up, we went out. He didn't know what to do with me. He said, Bishop, hey, what have you done? I mean, he couldn't believe it. He said, if you say, hey, no, 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 no. Careful. There are some men you must sow seeds into their life all the time. Don't expect them to give you anything. Don't. Convert their prayers. 
convert their coverings, convert their declarations over their over your life. Yeah. Convert it. That day, when the money was returned, he said on the phone, he said, because of what you have done, you never lack money. You, he, he just started talking. That is a blessing. Because it is not money that makes you rich, it is the blessing of the law that makes it rich. When I have the opportunity to be with my pastor, Bishop Dark, I'm not looking for money. If I travel with him, I'm not looking at I, I, I travel with you, so uh, guess him. No. No. Hey. It's an owner post. Do you know owner post? It's an owner post. Do you know owner post? Owner post. It's an owner post to get the opportunity to be close to your pastor. Close your pastor. The money that you want, the spirit of Gehazi, be careful. It's not every money that you collect. Yeah. Clap your hands for the Lord. And be seated. Go back to Lebanon. And Moses. <laughs> the principle of knowing the four jobs of a pastor. Job number one. Give yourself to the study of the word and to the ministry of the word. Job number two. Prayer. Give yourself to prayer. Job number three. Give yourself to training your people so that they can help you. God willing, next year, church growth conference, if we are alive, I want you to come and show me your 50 workers. Your 50 workers. That's a, that I help you. Say, Bishop, you said we should train people. These are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 50. Even there were some 25 because they are working and the rest, they couldn't come. I will salute you. 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 Amen? Amen. You and these people who come to, to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me. And I will give you some advice. God is just about to give you some advice. God is just about to give you some advice. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to Him. How do you do that? Prayer. Intercede on behalf of the people. Oh Lord, send husbands, send wives, bless their marriages, keep them money, deliver them from the evil one, heal them, Lord. Give them visas, help them to travel, bless their businesses, anoint them to do ministry. Your problems, bring it before God. Alright? 
Teach them the decrees and laws. That's your work. Teach them. And show them the way to live and the duties they are to perform. That's your work. But select capable men from all the people. Men who fear God. Trustworthy. Men who hate this honest gain. And appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have some serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. will make your load. Which load? The load of the ministry. The load of the ministry. If you don't have people to help you with evangelism, how many people can you, if you yourself go out, how many people can you bring? How many people? How many people can you teach? Depend on the size of a service that we have in this cathedral, we run between 6 to 11 schools. We should come and see people sitting in schools after church. I don't run from school after school, school after school, school after school. I don't do that. I've trained people. You teach this school. You teach this school. You teach this school. Then I also am doing something. Yeah. Last week we had a, a graduation. Graduation. About 300 and something people across the cathedral. I don't know how they were trained. I was told that they were ready for graduation. They brought it me. Every year we graduate pastors from the Bible school. Bishop doesn't come to teach them in the lecture room. He doesn't, he's not part of the admission. Who is admitted? How they are admitted? Alright, but every year, I just go and say, I say, look, I have 150 people who are ready to graduate. He said, if you say they are ready, they are ready. Bring them. I line them up. He appoints them. You see it at the ISI and those things. You see it all the time. He has trained me and put me there. Train the people. Train the people. He cannot be rationed from first love, from his crusades, from his travels abroad, from writing books to becoming to do Bible school lectures, recruitment, this, 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 this. No. Even me, I cannot even do it. So I also have a lot of people. I also have a lot of people. are helping. Plenty. Watch. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. Your duty as a pastor is to handle the difficult cases. I tell my shepherds, when you visit a couple 
and they have marital problems, don't go into it. Tell them, I'm going to book an appointment for you to see Bishop. But when you go there, and the man is saying, the whole day I've had a headache, lay your hands and pray for him. Don't bring that one to me. That is a simple case. Deal with it. But marital case, you don't know the complexities of marriage. Don't try it. You go and say something. So the simple cases, watch. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. What are the simple cases in the church? Outreaches are simple cases. Visitations. Counseling the members. Okay? Leading the choir. Doing new believers school and things like that. These are things that are not very difficult. You can train your people to do. But when it comes to having a three-day convention, you can't bring your chief Asha to come and teach. You can't. I have over 20 pastors in this church. Most of them, I cannot bring them to come and teach at a church group conference. Maybe a session of you are cocooning you into a certain room. And I'll say, teach them on this subject. That one, the person can. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. And then you become free to study, to pray. Eh? I sit down here. My associate will be marrying people. Sometimes I don't even come. I'm at the basement. I'm having another meeting. I don't even come. Then they'll come and signal me that it is time to sign. I come in and sign. So they come and tell, oh, we have prayed for them. I say, okay. And I'll come and pray for them. My pastors call me all the time. Oh, this one has delivered. We went, we went to do the naming ceremony. I have been in this church and I was the one who did every naming ceremony. Did every baby dedication. Buried everybody. Married everybody. I can't do that now. I cannot carry that, all that burden. I can't. So, train your people. That is why you are a pastor. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, as I run up on this one. So, how many of you have understood your job? Okay. So, you see, these are all different. Number one, you have multiplied yourself in the people. Number two, you are using your Sunday well. And how many persons realize that, ah, Sunday, I have a lot of things to do. Can I see your hand? Huh? No, genuinely, genuinely, you have realized that I can do a lot of things. And I want to invite some of you. Some of the Sundays, come, come and be with me. Come, be with me. Yeah, my missionaries, they do that. They just come, Bishop, we want to come and be with you. They get so tired. They say, hey, we didn't know. We didn't know. I 
after church, I can just sit up here. Three hours. Two hours continuous. People are sitting down here. This one is coming. This one is coming. This one has this one. This one has this one. This one has this one. Like that. Before I move into other things. Yeah. So I told you, starting from this Sunday, tell your wife. But one key is, I listen to, listen to me, pastors. One of the things that will help you to do this is there must be food around. Both for your people and for yourself. So always make sure that you have food around. Yeah. We thought that we thought that we worked very hard in Lighthouse until we went to Korea. Until we went to Korea. And those of you who have left your businessmen and the rest to just, you know, be big shots in the church. There's a whole department of businessmen. Theirs is also to stay in the church and work. You see them in their suits. They are all there. This one's a millionaire. This one's a millionaire. This one's a millionaire. 9 p.m. They are in the church. Working. Apostle, working on. Working. But then we saw a secret. Every office, a kitchenette. They have a, they have, they have a food called kimchi. It, it has a funny, you know, scent. It's there everywhere. Which means that they don't have to go somewhere. Yeah. They have to go somewhere. So even at the church go conference, haven't you seen that I don't allow you to go to Osu? To go and buy some watches like that to give you diarrhea. As I have you here, we are prepared also a food course. So you just cross here. There's food for you to go and buy. It helps you to stay around. And here also. Otherwise, during the break, there's no food here. You have to go to Labad. Look at the traffic. You miss all the sessions. So you must have access to food. When you are hungry, then you eat. And then you continue. One of the big fights my helpers have with me is to get me to eat. The food is ready. But to get me to eat is one of the major fights. Because when they say, I'm coming after this one, after this, after this meeting, I'll come. They have to literally come and drag me to go and eat. But it's important for you to eat. Hallelujah. Amen? It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Verse 12. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built. What is the body of Christ? The church. How many of you want your church to be built? Your people. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands and pray. Pray a little. Lift up your hands and pray. 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 Lift up your hands and pray.
I want you to see your hands lifted up. Pray and say, Lord, help me to know my job and to do my job well. Help me to love your way, to study your way. Help me to love prayer. Grant me the anointing to train the people that you have given to me. Speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. Ask him to help you. Ask him to teach you how to train your people. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask him to equip you. Ask him to equip you with everything you need to build that mega church. He is the example you are following. Speak to him. Ask him for help. The Lord is anointing you in this conference. The Lord is equipping you in this conference. The Lord is enabling you in this conference. The Lord is more willing to help you than you are asking for. Cry out to Him. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Empower us, Lord. Equip us, O God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Qualify us to train others, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, O God. Help us, O God. Help us, O God. Send us helpers. Send us helpers. Send us shepherds. Send us willing people. Send us church planters. Send us church workers. In the name of Jesus. For we cannot do it without you, O God. We are crying for your help, O Father. We are crying for your help, O Father. Help, O God. Send us help, O Father. In the name of Jesus. As the Lord to help you to see the potential in the ordinary people that you have in your church. As the Lord to help you to open your eyes to see what He has already put inside the people that He has surrounded you with. Ask the Lord to help you to bring out of them the gifts that He has already put into them. Cry out to the Lord this morning. 
Makasa Katalababa, Mariba, Soke, Ipatolime, Mandalibaba, Sakatili Meando, Mosikiba, Sabara, Rabababa, Paye, Ipatalimama, Maparian de la Bebe, Ikorimaya, Mayatalababa, Makipatila Mikata, Mastirian de la Bebe, Makapapapa, Mastalababa, by this prayer, you are giving birth to your helpers. You are giving birth to the people who are going to bring the multitudes into your church. You are giving birth to those who are going to burst the souls in their numbers into your church. You are giving birth to those who will wake up at dawn to go and wake others up to bring them into the church. You are giving birth to the workers in that mega church that you are building. Cry out to God. Let the Lord hear your voice this morning. Let the Lord hear your cry this morning. Makasha talababa mataliando ipantalibame makashika balamama mantalie ikorianda lababa maskirianda lababe poli makashika tayanda iparabababa mosianda libababa makaye Hallelujah. Please be seated. Your fourth job. Your fourth job is caring for the sheep. Caring for the sheep. How do you care for the sheep? Love them. Counsel them. Be interested in them. Hallelujah. Amen. Next principle. The principle of developing devoted members. Hallelujah. The principle of having devoted members. Acts chapter 2 from verse 41. The principle of developing devoted members. Hallelujah. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. But watch, all the believers go back, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Your members are supposed to devote themselves to your teaching, to you, to your church. To be devoted means profound, profound dedication. They must be profoundly dedicated to your church, to you, 
It means adherence. Devotion means adoration, affection, allegiance, attachment, constancy. These are, these are uh, additional definitions. Dedication, earnestness, enthusiasm, faithfulness, fidelity, intensity, fondness. How do you, you know, you must aim at having members that are fondness, dedication, enthusiasm towards you, towards your church, towards what you are doing. It is a major key to cause your church to grow. Yeah. Look, those of you who follow football, you will see a team that has been relegated from Division 1 to Division 2. The fans don't leave home. They follow them there. They follow them there. They follow them there. It's that you can go to Division G. We are there. devotion. Yeah. I have a football coach that I love. Moreno. So, so my support for a team is because he's the coach. That's it. When he went to Chelsea, I went to Chelsea. When they sacked him and he went to Manu, I followed him to Manu. I am a devoted follower of Maureen. How many of you understand that? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I have a friend, Bishop Sam. He's, he's, he's a Manu fan. He always tells that, look, you are not a proper... <laughs> He tells you, you are not a proper man, you find. You follow this man. I say it's true. Bishop Richard and myself, we follow the man. When he leaves and goes to PSG, oh, we are, we are in PSG. If he comes to Oli Daddy, oh, oh, Oli Daddy. Second day, Hazaka, ah. Listen, you must aim at having members that are devoted to you. He said, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to the apostle. You are the apostle. You are the pastor. Amen. Now, You must all, the devotion starts, listen to me. The devotion starts with you understanding that all your members can be divided into three types of members. The first type of members are dear members. Dear. Dear members. 
The second type of members are goat members. The third type of members are sheep members. Your aim as a pastor, all right, is to transform them from deers to sheep. Hallelujah. Now, who are the dear members? Watch me. Who are the dear members? The dear members are your members that are always not around. They are in the forest. Deers are in the forest. You cannot see deers in the community. They are in the forest. They are very fast animals. So you have some members. Why are you? I'm in London. Why are you? I'm in Freetown. Why are you? I'm in Kumasi. Why are you? I'm in Germany. They are always somewhere. But not in the church. But they are your members. How many of you have such members? Every time you call them, they are somewhere. They are not committed. They don't come to church regularly once a while. But I tell you, you should hear how they are bragging about you. Some, oh, that's my pastor. Oh, <laughs> that's my pastor. Meanwhile, you have not seen them for three months. Old. They have not paid his tithes for one whole year. But he's bragging about you. That is a dear church member. But you must love them. You must call them from time to time. Welcome, Bishop Ade. You must love them. You must care for them. And transform them from deer to goat. Now, goats are better than deer because goats are domesticated. They are domesticated. No, they are in the house. So these are members who are more in the church. You see them. They come around. Do you understand it? They are different from the deer. They are around. You see them in the church. But anybody who knows the habits of ghosts know that one of the main things is that they are very stubborn. They don't follow anybody. They don't listen to anybody. Do you understand it? Uh, they are always causing confusion in the, in the community. Eating somebody's cassava. Eating somebody's salt. I get what I'm saying. Now, such members, such members, when you say at a church, everybody should join a school, they, they don't join. We are going to have a convention this week. Everybody should come. It's three days. They will come just one day. They are in the church, but largely, you cannot control them. They are goat members. Stubborn. How many of you have some? But always remember that you are trying to build a mega church. Listen, a pastor is a gatherer. A pastor is not a scatterer. Amen. Yeah. A pastor is a gatherer. That 
that is why if you are a melancholic, you have to be careful. Because melancholics like everything to be straight line. Straight line. But the reality is that, look, the people in the church, when you say, okay, from next week, the service is starting at 8. If you don't come at 8, we won't wait for you. Look, 8 o'clock, don't come. And if you insist, you always preach to empty pews. You must understand that many of them are good members. And never forget that you are trying to build a large church. How many of you are trying to build a large church? So you must have a large heart. Yeah. If you are too melancholic, you may even lose people. It has happened to me before. Many years ago, I was pastoring a church. It was not very big. And there, were this, there was this couple. Hey. They will come late. They will come late. But they were important people. Very important people. So, I started another service. And I announced the whole church. After this time, you can't come into the early service. You have to wait. And they will always come at the time that I said, they will not, you see them, they will drive their cars. And I didn't have any poor cars. Their car was very nice. One day I was preaching, when I saw them coming, and I signaled to them, as I said, tell them, they should wait. They should wait for the next service. Tell them. That was the last time. The following Sunday, I didn't see them in church. Three Sundays, I didn't see them. Did I realize that there was a problem? So I went to their house. I went to their house. Welcome, Bishop William. I went to their house. I spoke, spoke. And they were very nice people. They received me nicely. They were not angry at all. Spoke, 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 spoke. You know. That was the end. You have to be very careful. That's why I'm showing you the type of members. The good members are stubborn members. They don't yield. They don't bend. They don't take instructions. And they are locked. They are locked. And many of them are group B members. Every pastor, you can divide your church members into two large groups. Group A members and group B members. Group A members are the regular church attendees. They come every Sunday, weekday service, they are there. They are the workers, they pay tithe, many conventions, programs, they are there. Group B members, okay, normally are important people. Yeah. And they feel important. They will come once in a while. They wouldn't pay their tithe from time to time. They do whatever they want, but... It's very important for you also to have them. Because you see, sometimes the group A members, they come to church. 
about 50 of them, when they give offerings, it's 100 Ghana cities. The group B member who doesn't come to church, one day that he comes to church and gives the offering, he gives 1,000 Ghana cities. All your problems are solved. So they also have a, a role to play. Hallelujah. So love them, okay, but your aim is to transform the dear members, the good members, eh, to become sheep members. It's a good place for you to clap your hands for the Lord. Always, re- listen, always remember that we are trying to build a big church. Never forget that. You are trying to build a big church. And so you are trying not to scatter. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, sheep members, sheep, sheep members, sheep members. Because the Bible said that we are the sheep of his pasture. Okay. Now watch. Everybody who knows anything about sheep know that they are very humble. They follow. They are dosa. They flow. That's right. When you push them this way, they go. When they are moving, they move. one, one, one is going, the other one is just following humbly. So the sheep members are your members who listen to you. They flow. They take instructions. They do as you want them to do. They believe in you. They contribute. They are around. They are around. They are fully domesticated. They come for all the services or most of the services. So your duty is to translate your dear members, good members, to sheep members. And these are the sheep members that will be devoted to you. They are the people who will be devoted to you. So, what are you going to do to develop the sheep in such a way that now they are devoted to you? The principle of developing devoted members is a master key to building a large church. Key number one, be a devoted pastor yourself. By the way, today is the last day, okay? So, the conference is finished. So, just let's flow, okay? We'll have a little break at a point, but there's no... You have traveled, many of you have traveled from all over the places. Get as much as you can. Be a devoted pastor yourself. Hallelujah. Wow. The number one task of a shepherd is to transform the members from deer to devoted sheep. How is this possible? How is this possible? Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. But we all are changed 
into the same image from glory to glory. Now the word change comes from a Greek word metamorpho, which means metamorphosis. The word metamorphosis always reminds us of a dramatic transformation that occurs inside a cocoon when a liver changes into a butterfly. When you see a butterfly elegantly fluttering around, you have no idea what it used to be like. There has been a drastic and major change. Metamorphosis. It is this same kind of metamorphosis that can take place in the members of a church. People change because of the ministry of the word. They are transformed by the renewing of their minds. Loose and dodgy Christians can become devoted and committed zealots. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm? Yeah. So how do you do that? Be a devoted pastor yourself. The pastor must be devoted to his church and his church members. You must be devoted. You must be devoted. And the first key to you being devoted is that be in the church. Be in the church. Stop running away from the church. Stop running away. Be in the church. Yeah. For 15 years, Bishop Dag stayed in this church. He didn't travel much. No. He was here. Sundays from morning into the night, preaching at several services, training us, equipping us, counseling us. Do you understand it? Yeah. Be with us. We saw him all the time. Listen to our problems. Your members need you in the church. They need to see you. They need to see you. Some of you are ghost pastors. A ghost pastor. They can see your shadow, but they can't see you. And some of you, it is too early to turn yourself into an itinerant minister. It's too early to turn yourself into an itinerant minister. A minister, so you, have, you have made yourself revenue student. Now, you say I want to be like revenue student. Go to Bolgatanga. You go there. Go and see the church. See the church building. See the, ch- the size of the church. See the churches that he has built. See the pastors. Amen? Hallelujah! Welcome, my bishop. Let's welcome to Madame Isaac. church. Strong church. Stretches. Your church is in a classroom somewhere. You don't have a land. You don't have a church. No building project. What business do you have jumping from one church to the other? I 
And then also now you are cursing all the pastors because based on the church that you have, there are a certain type of churches that they are inviting you. After three-day conversion, they give you 50 Ghana cities uh, honorarium. Then you say, look at man of God, I've come to preach. I've taken this. Look at what the honorarium that you have given to me. You begin to quarrel and you saw the pastors around and something that must be a blessing is now a curse. Stay in the church. Stay in the church. Your, your very presence is needed in the church. Yeah. Pray for them. Cancel them. Solve their problems. Encourage them. Be around. Be around. When you do that, they will feel it. It's a mutual thing. Yeah. When you say, ah, next week, Tuesday, Monday to Friday, we are going to have powerful fasting and prayer time. We are going to be fasting and praying. We'll meet at 6 p.m. We'll pray from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Be there. Be there. Be there. If you are not there, after three months, they will say, oh, pastor, what he's saying? Is that a serious thing? Now, because you are not coming, they also not come. Their devotion starts from your devotion. Their devotion starts from your devotion. Devotion begats devotion. Devotion begats devotion. If you tell them to pay tight, pay tight. And in fact, at a certain stage of your church, pay the tithe openly. So you stand here. Everybody bring your tithe. Then you also take your tithe card and also put it in it. They see it. It's time for offering. Take your wallet. Take your money. The council see that you are also giving offering. Always they should pay tithe, but they don't see you. Always they should give offering. Give first offering. Give second offering. You are already singing songs. They are watching you. And pastors, our members, they are no fools. They are very intelligent. They are very, very intelligent. They watch you. They watch you carefully. They watch you carefully. Yeah. Before Jesus said, eh, men ought to pray all the time and not faint, he himself has been praying. He himself has been praying. They saw him. It was after one of said prayer meetings, Luke 11, that they came to me and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. So be a devoted pastor. And I'm saying that one of the main things that stay in the church. Stay in the church. Look. All this up and down, up and down, that you have, now start, you have started cursing the pastors. Eh? Look at some honorium that he has given to me. Uh, look. 70 cities. My transport for the last distance is 50 cities. Uh, what, what, what else do you have? And you are allowing a demon to enter you. Stay in the church. Build a strong church. Nobody needs to give you honorium. Your income will be strong. You'll be able to pay yourself well. 
and you'll be very, very happy. Hallelujah. Number two, say positive things about the church. Say positive things about the church. Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what you say, the word of God. Every, everything that people hear and believe is based on what they hear. I'll say it again. Everything that people hear and believe is based on what they hear. What they hear. So you can stand in a small church. Okay? One of the keys to planting a church is to be a motivational leader. Be a, a, a motivational leader. Listen, you have gathered five people in a big classroom and you are calling it the church. They don't see it as a church. They don't see it as a church at all. Yeah. So when you come and then you are walking, praise the Lord, uh, by the grace of God, today too we have come. I was hoping that some more people will come. Unfortunately, you are the only ones who have also come again. Hey, this church. Hey. Hey. God, this church. Uh, anyway, small, small, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll try. If it doesn't work, I mean, uh, we can leave it and try another day. You know? Yeah. Anyway, do you think that the people will follow you? Uh, but you can have five people. The one you come. He said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My God. What a church. What a church. Look. He said, you guys, anytime I see you, I get so... I I don't know, but... Anytime I see you, I, I feel... I feel great. I see greatness. Look, stand up. You say you go to JHS. JHS 2. Very good. Watch. Look, watch him. Watch this one. You watch him. We are all here, you see. You are going to see. Today, you have nothing, but you watch and see. Just in a few years. As you stay in this church, I can see the hand of you. God, God is going to lift up. Today we are five. We are five. Look, this is a wonderful church. Do you know a certain man of God, Bishop Dark? Bishop Dark, have you heard of? Him? Yes, sir. I know. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that he started his church in a classroom? Yes, I do, sir. Huh? I do, sir. Yeah, started. Do, there's a man of God called Nyongichu. Do you know him? Yes, sir. That's the largest church in the world. Eight hundred and fifty thousand. Yes, sir. Do you know that when he started, there were five people. There were five people. Yeah. And the Bible says that be not slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. So we too, through faith and, and, 
and 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 patience. God is going to do great things. Everybody say God is going to do great things. Everybody say God is going to do great things. My God, clap your hands for the Lord. Next week, Sunday, all of you, everybody should bring, try and bring at least one person. Yeah. I'll try. God is going to, this is a mega church. This, this church is a mega church. Now, how many of you believe that they will follow you? Yeah? Always you are, you are, uh, this church, look at the rain and this whole, this whole place. Oh God, why will you do something about our church? Eh? Oh. One church that you have asked us to do. Look at the suffering that. Uh, please, anyway. Uh, sorry that we are meeting here, but perhaps one day. What are you saying? Let the poor say that I am rich, and let the weak say I am strong. Yeah. Dr. Cho, he says, when he started a church, People, people went to town to say something. A message went to town. Come and see the young pastor who is mad. That is how the church started growing. Because he says, he'll be preaching a few people. He used to shout. Five people and the members will come and say, Pastor, we are only five. <laughs> then he told them, he told them, no, 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 we are not five. We are not here. He said the whole place was empty, the balconies. Then as he's preaching, he would turn and say, you at the balcony, listen to me. There was nobody there. Those of you at the balcony, God is going to bless you. You are going to be great. So everybody was looking at them. Who are you talking to? But God collect those things that are not as if they were members to come. Call your weak people to come. Call your leaders to come. Say what you believe it. So, people now went out of the church. Please sit down. And they said, come and see a pastor who is mad. And he said, before you could, you could realize, the whole place was full. The balconies, everywhere was full. Yeah. In the early 90s, when Bishop Black declared our church as a mega church, people laughed at us. Some people were angry. Some people said that we are proud. Why do you say that you are a mega church? Say a mega church. Don't say the mega church. Do you understand it? Say a mega church. Don't say the mega church. Yeah. This is the early 90s. It was not a mega church then. In fact, one time we had a man of God who came to preach here. And then one of the days he said he had a prophecy for the church. He said, Lighthouse Chapel International is going to have 30 branches. 30 branches. We were here. We nearly collapsed. 30 branches. 
At that time, this was the only church. One or two places. 30 branches. 30. Yeah. But he was right. He was right. Soon we got to 30 branches. But we kept on moving. Until today is 3,000 branches. And the mega church that Bishop Dad declared when the church was a little church is today truly a mega church. Amen. Say positive things about your church. Yeah. Do you know that people believe what you say? Eh? Yeah. So I hear that the Nigerian churches, they, are, they decorate the churches very nice. They do beautiful things in the church because they say, man, look at on the outward appearance. <laughs> Bishop, is it true? Yes. Yeah. You know, sometimes we just said the church with uh, speakers, horn speakers, you go in about three people and the pastor is shouting and, and, and you may think he's preaching to thousands of people. You go in only three people. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you, when you see a few people, you can't preach. You can't preach. God can move everywhere. Yeah. So today, your 15 members believe God for miracles, signs, and wonders there. Yeah. And I want to declare to you that your church is a good church. Your church is a great church. As a matter of fact, your church is a mega church. You have a wonder. You have one of the best churches. Your church is not a Samway church. You are having a wonderful church. Say my church is a wonderful church. Yeah. Yeah. You will see what you say. Yeah. Eight years ago, when we started the church, this way, the front rows here, the whole of the cathedral was empty. I used to get so much depressed. And I would send the members, I said, let's go. Let's lay hands. Let's prophesy to the church. Yeah. Today, by the grace of God, we can fill this cathedral three times. We can fill it three times. Brother, I say your church is a wonderful church. Amen. Amen. Next one. Say good things about yourself. Say good things about yourself. Yes. Yeah. Tell your members that you are the best pastor. You are the best pastor. And believe it. You are the best pastor. Stand and say, I am the best. I am the best preacher for you. 
Yeah. When you stand before your chair, that's what you have to say. Yeah. I stand before my chair and I tell them that I hear some of you, you say you have gone where? A certain prophet. Well, where are you going? I said, I am your prophet. I am your prophet. I'm your prophet. There's no greater prophet anywhere. I'm your prophet. Yeah. Tell them. My sermons are the best. Stay in the chair for one year. The sermons that I'm going to preach under the unction of the Spirit of God will change you and solve all your problems. Be here. the ten spies who went into the land and said yeah it's true the land is very nice but when we saw the children of Enoch uh, when we looked at them we were in our own eyes like grasshoppers don't see yourself as a grasshopper in your church nobody follows grasshoppers yeah but Joshua and Caleb they said they told the people shut up shut up shut up they are giants. But we are bigger giants because our God is with us. Yeah. And I want to declare to you that that church, you can build it. You can be a good pastor. You can be a mega church pastor. I say you can do it. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Lift up your hands and say, I can do. Say, I can. I can. I can do. Say, I'm a can-do man. I can do. I can. I can do. I can. Can do. Can do. I can do. I can do. I can be. I can be. A mega type pastor. You can. I'm talking to you about the key of developing devoted members. That's how you develop. You have devoted members. That's how you, you transform all the, the dear and the good members to become sheep. They'll be sitting here. Be sitting here. But the way you walk in the church, I mean, Francis would say, Alaska, you know, even your walking doesn't inspire anybody. You just can't. walk confidently in the church. Dress well with your pochette. Look at Bishop Abby's pochette. And Dr. Dr. Pimpa, I think she's standing. She's standing. Yeah, look at this. Look, if this man is your pastor, we need to be in the church. How many of you have been in the church? You'll be in the church. Yeah. You should see his workers. Uh, you are here. Come, come, come. Where, where are the workers? Come, come. Uh-huh. Look at them. These are his workers. Look at them. Look at them. Even the dressing alone shows confidence.
understand it? Yeah. And listen. Dress well. Not, 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 not necessary. Listen. 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 The way you are dressing, you have put on your shoe. One is black, the other one is brown. The mouth of your of your shoe is like a fish that is drinking water. Listen, nobody wants to follow somebody who, who doesn't have hope in himself. And it's not expensive. Go to Cantamanto. Go to Cantamanto. Do best selection. 15 Ghana cities. Trousers, shirt, jacket. Stand before the church. Tell them you are looking at the best pastor. I am, tell them I am anointed. I'm an anointed pastor. Lift up your voice and give the Lord a shout. Say positive things about the church. Say positive things about yourself. Yeah. Tell them, have you seen my wife? She's looking nice. God is going to give you a wife like that. Sit down, please. Now, say good things about your church members. Some of you don't say good things. You are always calling them witches. Have you seen? Some of you. You are witches in this church. Witches. Witches. Some of you, you are misers. Hey, look at the offering that you are giving. Small offering like that. How can you give? Look at you. You, 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 you be there. Keep on giving small, small offerings. Let me be sure. Listen. Listen. That is why, that is why you need to go and look for a job. Because your 16 member church cannot pay you, pay your rent, buy you a car. They can't. Look for a job. So some of you after this conference, resign. Resign. Look for a job. Get a salary. Live on the salary and build the church until the church is a strong church that can look after you. And stop casting insinuations in the church. And when God blesses you with a lawyer, Kasanchi, do you see? Because of, I mean, you don't have confidence. There are some of you here want you to know that it's not by education, it's not by education, it's not by title. I mean, me, I've not gone to school before. But God has called me. It's by the anointing. Some of us, we have decided 
to be humble serving the Lord. You sit in the church, I mean, because you think that you are, you mentioned in this because it's only one person. So before you realize, your lawyer is left. Yeah. But developing devoted members means you should know how to relate both of the great and the small. Relate, you should be able to relate to the great and the small. That is why you must be, all right, a scholarly pastor. You must read. You must know what is going on. A little, not too much, but something. Something. Enough. Don't say that the building project, we have given it to the engineers. Know something about it. See, Bishop, about this nicely dressed yesterday, he was preaching to us. He's more than a contractor. He knows about onion rust, the sizes of onion rust, eh? concrete mix. Hmm? What is one, two, three? What is one, one and a half? Two. When do you use it? What is columns? You say pillars. It's not called pillars. It's called columns. Say lintel. It's not lintel. It's called it's called the 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 how do you call it? Uh, no, the beam. How to know a little? You have a rich man, a rich man in your church. The rich man should see you as an anointed man of God. but also as a knowledgeable man of God. Yeah. You see, when people see pastors, they think we are fools. They think we are fools. One time I was flying and there was somebody by my side. From Kumasi. I was reading, he was also reading, so we didn't really talk much, but just about Maybe 10, 15 minutes before we landed. Maybe 10 minutes. I just looked at what he was reading and I saw that it was a law book. So I said, so are you a lawyer? So yes. And then we got into talking. And then he introduced himself and he was a big government person. Yeah. So I also introduced myself. I'm a pastor of, you know, when he heard I'm a pastor, he started. Hey! It was not easy for me. You this charismatic pastors, this, 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 this. I was very cool. When he finished, I said, do you call yourself a leader? If we're a leader, this is what leaders do. What have you built? What have you done? What have you... As I was talking, I said, no, I'm not talking about lighthouse pastors. As for you, lighthouse pastors. <laughs> As for you, lighthouse pastors. I mean, you know, I'm not talking. No, no, no. I, I'm not talking. I said, what do you mean? You see, he realized that he had met not an ignoramus. One time, a bank 
was misbehaving towards us. Mm. My, sec- my secretary went there several times. They wouldn't mind her. So I called her. I said, write a letter. Write a letter that from today, all accounts close. About six accounts were close. Close. When she presented the letter, she was about to go. They said, please wait. The Oga Kota 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 wants to see. I don't want to mention names. Powerful person. The lady said to me, I'm just a messenger. I have nothing to say. He said, can I come and see him in the church? Tell him that Sunday I'm coming. And I was somewhere. I was somewhere doing my job. I was training people. I was wearing my t-shirt, no, training people. Then I was told that somebody has been sent to you from such a place. I said, I'm training my people. You won't believe it. The person waited for about three, four hours. Only to deliver one message. Ogakotakota says, please, when can he see you? He's come to the church. I'm not talking about a small person. So first I said, okay, he can come to the church. But later I changed my mind. I said, tell him that I'm here. I'm having training. He can come. So he came. So he started talking. The first thing I told him that, I said, for you to leave your office to come here shows that your organization is bogus. It's a bogus. Your organization is a bogus Him, why are you coming? It's been about three months since we wrote a letter. Why are you coming? Why are you coming? Now, three months later, is it because now we have taken a decision that you are coming? The organization is not a good organization. Hey, it was not easy for him. It was not easy. Tell to Fimpa. But he was wise. But he quickly saw that the person was dealing with. Then I told him, I said, see, it is because we are a church. But I told him that, do you think that we are fools? Then I said, look at all this. This is the handiwork of a pastor. Then I asked him, your organization, have you built anything before? Then he himself said, Bishop, when I got here, I nearly collapsed. Because we have built something somewhere that we are proud of. And when I saw this, after about two hours, we have sorted out all the issues, you know, and all that. Then I put him in a cart. I said, come, I want to show you around. I want to show you around. I want to show you the works of a church. And it takes leaders of a certain caliber. So from today, never, never. I, the following day, I was going to say, you have a letter. Bishop, it's true what you said. This, 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 please. You know, this is from the Oga himself. But you see, but you see, but you see, even some bojo bojo 
this thing can just arrest you somewhere, threaten you. Because you don't study, you don't read, you are not improving yourself. So when your church members also look at you, a certain type of church members will not follow you. They won't. Yeah. When you are preaching, you should move into economics a little. Explain what is happening. Tell them something current. A little. You will say, wow. Oh, Pastor, you know something. You understand something. I just told you, uh, PSG fans, that Neymar uh, is now your player. Barcelona people, you have lost. Like Liga, they didn't want to accept the money. They went to the castle. This is the money. But you are a Barcelona fan. You don't know about this. <laughs> Clap your hands for the Lord. <laughs> Next one. Encourage employers to hire church members. Encourage employers to hire church members. If your church members are getting jobs, wouldn't they be happy? So your employers, they just said, please, can you help this newly, uh, the new graduate, just finished university, doesn't have a job, can you employ him? Make a way. It's called the way-making ministry. The way-making ministry. A pastor must make a way for your people. I hear you go home. Next one. Encourage members to apply for work from within the church family. Encourage them. Even though some will disappoint you. Ask some people they will disappoint you, but keep on. Keep on. Keep on. In our walk with Jesus, we disappoint him all the time. But he keeps on loving us. Amen? Amen. Next one. Encourage church members to marry each other. It is called shepherdoral linkage. Look. Recently, a pastor was telling me, he said, Bishop, my ladies in the church, when I train them, I look after them, they become mature. Then somebody comes to marry them out. How many of you experienced that? Yeah. Even, even encourage marriages in the church. I tell, I tell the ladies in my church, I say, look, when you see the young men sitting down here, don't despise them. I tell them, these are the future millionaires, pastors. These are the great people. I have seen two seasons in this church. Season one was when people will come and marry their ladies out. Countless. Nine sisters, matured ones. They are singing Makwa. Then they will come for them. For the last about Two, three years, we have entered into season two. Now I'm seeing my young men and my young ladies getting married in the church. 
is it's something you have to tell them. The sheep, they cannot see you. They can't see. So you just hold this one. Come, come, uh, come, come. Uh, come, come. Hold a hand. Hold a hand. Go. Conference. Even at this conference. Wait, 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 wait. One of my sons came. He's finished school. He's working. Even as I said, Do you have a beloved? Are you my said No. I said, What is happening? I don't have one. I told him, I'll get you a beloved. Then I saw one of my daughters. I said, because I know that she's also looking for a beloved. I said, do you have now? He said, Bishop, no. I told her, I have a beloved for you. At this conference, so. At this conference. One of the days, I called, I said, come. I called her parents, I said, come. I sat them down. I said, this is my daughter. This is my son. You want a beloved? I said, hold her hand. Go. Now, as we have been here, when I meet her, I ask her, I eat more chatting. So, Bishop, we are chatting. This morning, last night, I was asking her brother, how? So, we are chatting. Even now, I'm chatting with her. <laughs> Give the Lord a shout! It's called Shepherdora Linkage. Hey! I am teaching you about how to have Devoted members, committed members who stay with you in the church. That your food may remain. Jesus said, You have not chosen me, John 15 16, but I have chosen you. Eh? That you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. One, 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 one of the most painful things, I don't know what they are experiencing. Is to nature some of these dear brothers and sisters until they have become sheep. They can sing, they can worship, they can lead cells, they can preach, they can give offerings, they can give tithes. And then somebody just comes from nowhere. They can honor the pastor. Your birthday, they bless you. Now listen. 
How many of you want to build a, a, a large church? Just remember that you, a, a pastor is a gatherer. It's a gatherer. If you keep scattering the people, you will never build a large church. And the more your people are staying in the church, they are marrying, they are having children. Their children too are going to the youth service. They will grow and come. Yeah. Every year, beginning of the year, we graduate the, some of the people in the youth service into the adult service. They have been there now. They are old, so come here. Yeah. The principle of, de- of developing devoted members. Please be seated. Are you understanding how to build a mega church? Next one. Encourage members to socialize and fraternize. To socialize and fraternize. It means encourage them to be friendly in the church and to flow with one another and to mingle. And to mingle. Yeah. I have seen two faces in this church. Phase one, after service, people will gather in cliques. To the extent that I realized that when we had a wedding, many of the ladies would not come. I didn't understand because I know ladies love weddings and I heard that the lady who is marrying is not from their group. It's not from their group. I rose up. You see, that is why you must have shepherdial skills. One of the one of the skills you should develop is to change people's minds. A leadership principle you find it in this art of leadership. Change the minds of your people through the power of teaching. Through the power of teaching. So I started teaching on some of these things. And I spoke against it. You cannot bring ethnicity, whatever, into the church. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, one time, one of my pastors couldn't find his member. He went to look for her and then she had another church. And she said, the church is not a friendly church. It's not a friendly church. Yeah. Now listen to this. Those of you who have hospitals, businesses, pharmacies, where people buy things. This is the calculation. Everybody who loves your product comes to your hospital and likes it. We recommend 10 people to come. Everybody who is not happy would tell 20 people not to come to your place. Same thing with church. You go there and say, that church, that church, even the ashes, they are very rude. Some of your ashes are rude. So you have to know what is going on. Don't be an executive pastor. You are finished preaching do you understand it? You have 25 members. 
12 of them are your armor bearers. Ushering you to your office. Do you understand it? No. Be a proper shepherd. Move around the church. Find out what is happening. Yeah. One time, somebody came into the church. The wife of a very important person. And later I heard that and Asha was rude. I, I didn't travel. Look, I investigated until I found out the Asha. And I found it and I said, I had first apologized. I said, now call the person. This is the person's number. Call the person and apologize. I'm trying to gather. I'm not trying to scatter. Yeah. Three reasons why people join churches. Number one, your message. Number two, your charisma, your personality, the way you carry yourself, the way you preach, your giftings. Number three, the friendships that they make in the church. The friendships. The friendships. Miss them see. So show them to socialize, to fraternize. That is why sometimes you must, you must let excitement come into the church. Organize some uh, musical night, some church picnic. Do you understand it? Look, now, 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 the face of our church has changed. But for the first about three, four years, we're trying to really build a mega church. It was too much of a serious church. I was serious. My pastors were serious. No picnics, nothing, always. Prayer meeting, retreat. Here, here, here. No games, nothing. Look at it. Bring lightness and excitement. You see the people, they are human beings. Yeah. We can't be fast. Some of you, hey, every month, 21 days fasting. Your people have become fianger. The ladies are bought dresses they cannot wear. Number nine, develop smaller church families within the big church. Develop smaller church families within the big church. Have a group for your business people. Have a group for your women. Have a group for your men. Create cells. Create cells. Different small, small, small groups so that people can have a place to belong. Hallelujah. And when your members become devoted, they will stay in the church. And finally, number 10, become a father or mother to your church. Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37. I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings. If you want your church to grow, develop fatherly or motherly attributes. 
Be everything to your sheep. Be a friend. Be a brother. Be a father. Show concern for your, your flock. Show interest in things that concern them. Be interested in their school. Ask for details concerning their businesses. Help them in their marriages. Correct them when they are wrong. Rebuke them and discipline them when they need it. Don't just give them good teachings. Become a mother and a father to their flock. Amen. Because many of you in your church, they call you Papa. And the wives, Mama. But we are not a father to them. You are more of an Elisha. The little mistake they make, you kill them. Amen. And sometimes it's because of your temperament. Sometimes you are too strong, you are choleric. Sometimes you are too you are melancholic. Are you get what I'm saying? But you can allow the spirit of God to affect your temperament in a positive way. Yeah. I always say that, you know, the person who taught me pastoring is Bishop Sam. When I used to assist him in Tema, I saw some wonderful things. Hey! You see somebody who has really misbehaved. Towards him very some way. So, we'll have a meeting. Then do the meeting, I'll tell him. I'll say, Pastor, leave him for me. Leave him. I'll sort him out. Look, I'll tell him, you, you have to go out. Then at the meeting, you tell me, yeah, it's true. It's true. One month later, the person is sitting in the church flourishing coolly. It happened a couple of times. I looked at her. Uh, you don't just say, Libo, the church will finish. <laughs> you must laugh. I learned it. And when I knew that I caught it, was when I had a meeting many, many years ago. As an overseer of my pastors, when the pastors meeting, and some of the pastors that really misbehaved, but the way I spoke to them, there was a pastor who knew me in the Tama Church and the wife. They were a couple. They said, "Reverend, no, 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 no. It's not you. It's not you. It's not you." After the meeting, they came to me. It's not. I said, "I said what?" They said, no, 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 no. You bad the way you were speaking there. But you see, you have to allow the Holy Spirit if you are going to be a mega church pastor to change you, to become accommodating, to become forgiving, to give people more chances. Look at all of us. If God was going to judge us based on the things that we do, none of us would be here. How many of you agree? So become a father. Say good things about the church. Say good things about your people. Say good things about yourself. Be there. Fight for the church. Help them to get married. Love them. What is the result? They will become devoted. Hallelujah. They were devoted to the apostles' teachings. And when they stay there, your church will grow. I see your church exploding. I see your church exploding. Stand to your feet and lift up your hands.
Oh, I see a mega church pastor. I said, I see a mega church pastor. I see a mega church pastor. Lift up your hands and pray and tell the Lord. Thank you for turning me into a mega church pastor. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your hands and pray. I see mega church pastors here. God is going to cause people to flow into your church. You are moving from 50 members to 150 members. You are moving from 100 members to 300 members. You are moving from 30 members to 100 members. Receive the grace of God. Receive the power of God. You are moving from 300 to 700. You are moving from 500 to 1,000. You are going to have 1,000 members in your church. In your lifetime, you are going to plant 100 churches. Lift up your hands and receive the blessings of the Lord. voice and pray. Ask the Lord to turn you into a mega church pastor. Ask the Lord to turn you into a mega church pastor. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you for making us shepherds of multitudes. For making us shepherds of multitudes. Bless every pastor here. Bless every church here with multitudes of sheep according to your word. Let a little one become a thousand. Let a small one become a strong nation. Multiply them so that they will become not few. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you. Thank you. For wonderful churches. Stable churches. Thank you for devoted members. Committed members. Permanent members. Thank you for stability. Let up your hands and receive stability. In your ministry. In your church. Thank you. Let the storms be still. The storms that blow away our members from left to right and scatter our sheep. Let those stems abate now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And bring increase. And bring growth. We thank you. We give you praise. Thank you for every pastor here, Lord. Thank you for every pastor here. My God. My God. 
of a few people trickling in. Let those days come to an end. In the name of Jesus. Father, whatever demon is in that church, whatever witch, whatever evil spirit is harassing your people in their churches, we drive them out in the name of Jesus. We drive them out in the name of Jesus. We drive them out in the name of Jesus. And now, lift up your hands for wisdom. Wisdom. The spirit of wisdom. Because by wisdom, a house is built. Receive the wisdom of God. To know what to do. To know what to do. From today, you know what to do. You know what to do. Confusion is leaving you. Confusion is leaving your check and your ministry. Frustration is leaving your check and your ministry. Now receive peace. Receive peace. The spirit of discouragement that has consumed you. We drive it out in the name of Jesus. I declare to you that God has called you. I declare to you that God is with you. Your church has worked. Your ministry has worked. I say your church has worked. Your ministry has worked. Your church has worked. You have more sheep. More sheep. More sheep. More churches. More church workers. More pastors. More people who love you. Receive the blessing of God. Receive the blessing of God. Receive the blessing of God. And now lift up your voice. Clap your hands and give the Lord a mighty shout. Hallelujah. Congratulate your brother or your sister and say congratulations. We are mega church pastor. Congratulations. 